Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of the 49ers Rush podcast. Guess what? Another huge, shocking defeat late in the game. I'll tell you this. uh, The Shanahan Coach 49ers are a hell of a lot of fun. Very frustrating, but they are very competitive. Three weeks in a row, we could be 3-1 and right now. The first week versus Carolina, I don't think we were very competitive. But the Seahawks, the Rams, and now Arizona, that's three division opponents in a row. And we really should have won all three of those games, especially this game. This game, we should have won. But that's okay. We walk out of there with the loss. We lost 15-18 to in overtime. Ah, Larry Fitzgerald, gotta love you. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. But let's go through the game. Let's see. Um, there's definitely a lot of positives and definitely a lot of negatives as well. Way to go, Richard Robinson. You have ascended within three weeks to probably the most hated 49er um, in a long time. In a long time. Probably since Williams uh, fumbled those punt returns. Oh, God, that breaks my heart. Shouldn't have brought that up. I'll probably delete that out of this episode. I don't want everybody to be hurt. But anyway, let's go over the offense. Uh, the offensive MVPs were Carlos Hyde and Joe Staley. And I feel like it's been Carlos Hyde almost every week, Pierre Garçon last week. But Staley played absolutely amazing. Um, he had a very tough task where he was up against he was up against Chandler Jones. And he played exceptional. He kept him out. He didn't get any sack, didn't give up any sacks or anything. Now, Chandler Jones had a couple tackles, but that was coming off of a base block down the field. So really, Staley just played wonderful, as he always does. And Carlos Hyde, he goes 16 carries for 68 yards and five catches. Man, it's awesome seeing him getting the ball out of the backfield. Five catches on six targets for another 27 yards. I was kind of worried early. It seemed like the coaches said, we are not giving Carlos Hyde back-to-back touches. We're just not going to do that. And so... It, he would go out there, he'd get the ball, they'd send him off. He'd go out there, they'd get the ball, they'd send him off. And you could definitely tell he was nursing his hip injury quite a bit. But they wanted to limit his carries, and hey, 16's okay. I've said over and over again, our golden rule for every single game offensively should be for Carlos Hyde to have over 20 carries. Not touches, 20 carries. He had 21 touches this game, but he needs 20 touches. He's still averaging over 5.5 yards a carry on the season, and that's just that's winning football. We just need to get him the ball more. Hopefully, he'll be more rested next week and be good to go. Now he did fumble twice in overtime, but we got both of them back. One of them, his knee was down. The other one, we fought and got it back, so no big deal. But man, both those could have been catastrophic and just really hurt the morale of the team. But we got both those back. Pierre Garcon, I was kind of disappointed that we did not get him the ball more. He had eight targets. He had four catches for 36 yards. 
But so many of the passes, it's almost like Brian Hoyer can sense if you're a good football player. And if you are good, he's going to make it super hard on you. Because every time he throws it to Pierre Garçon, Pierre Garçon has to do some kind of like circus catch, diving one-handed, almost make this great catch. And he just makes his life terrible. But whenever Hoyer's throwing to people that drop the ball all the time, and he'll put it right in the basket. And Aldrick Robinson's going to drop it almost every time. But Pierre Garçon played pretty well, played hard. He did have one easy drop, but he had three almost circus catches. We got to get that guy the ball more. And this moves us very um, strategically to Brian Hoyer. Oh, man, the nickelback of quarterbacks in um, in the NFL. This guy's awful. 24 of 49 for 234 yards, zero touchdowns. One interception, he was sacked three times, and I faulted all three sacks on Brian Hoyer. If he gets the ball out, he should have had zero sacks. Our offensive line was exceptional this game. It was by far their best game. Um, they kept him clean, and the times he got sacked is one, because he didn't step up in the pocket, and that was a little bit more of Carlos Hyde's fault. And two, he holds onto the ball way too damn long and will not hit his outlet receiver. So he still sucks. Uh, his passer rating was 54.3. That's awful. That is atrocious. He had seven overthrows that were beyond uncatchable and four behind the receiver throws that were beyond uncatchable. So that's 11 of his 49 throws. So basically, 25% of his passes are completely uncatchable. And a majority of those were open receivers. Now, his play action is exceptional. I've said this time and time again. He's probably one of the better play action fakers uh, in the entire NFL. But whenever he is bad, he is bad. So he came out of the game, and we ran it with Carlos Hyde. Didn't go too well. Then he had back-to-back -back bad throws to open receivers, and we go three and out to start the game. And so th this is who this guy is. He is a rhythm player, and it almost our good offensive line is almost a negative because it seems like once he gets hit, he kind of shakes the nerves and gets some confidence and can play. But he doesn't get hit in our offense very much because we're protecting them so well, and the play action is just so dominant. He is just inaccurate. And again, we got Brian Hoyer because he was supposed to be accurate, good decisions, and would limit mistakes. And he has not been any of those three things. He has been inaccurate, he has not made good decisions, and he has made a ridiculous amount of mistakes. Now, I will say this. I did see him throw the worst pass I have ever seen to an open Marquise Goodwin. He threw it five yards behind him. And should have been picked off, and it bounced literally off the defender's chest. It, so even though he only had one pick, he should have had three picks in this game. Two hit um, defenders straight in both hands, and they just dropped it. He did make an amazing float pass over the defender for Carlos Hyde kind of out in the flat pass. We got a first on that. But he makes a couple good plays every now and then. And then he just – here's case in point. It's overtime. There's about two and a half minutes. And we are at third down on the five-yard line. And we're going in to score. We're not going to score, but that's what we're trying to do. So he takes three seconds in the back of the – in the pocket, and there's nobody open. And so he decides to sell the ball as hard as he can through the end zone. It's uncatchable. It was not intended for anybody. Just throwing the ball away. Well, if he would have been paying attention to the game scenario there, he could have just kneeled the ball down and gave up a sack. It would have added three yards – to the field goal, so instead of being a 28-yard field goal, it would have been a 33-yard field goal, basically like an extra point, and it would have ran 30 seconds off the clock, um, which, you know, I mean, obviously we can play 20-20 now, 
but that would have eliminated the opportunity for Larry Fitzgerald to have the game-winning touchdown. They would have been out of time. They would have had to kick a field goal. Probably would have resulted in a tie, whatever. But it's this idea that he is not game-smart or game-savvy. And perhaps you could put some of this on Shanahan, too. Shanahan should have been in his ear. Hey, sacks, okay here. Earlier in the game, no. But right here, time is our friend. So if you go down, that keeps the clock running. They have to burn a timeout or time's going to go, whatever. So it's just game scenario, understanding where you are and play into that. Um, another bright spot that we had, Trent Taylor, just positive, positive, positive. The only negative, he had 10 targets and only came up with five catches for 47 yards. But I'm not putting that on him. Hoyer missed him time and time again. He is so dependable and tough. I mean, it was third and three in overtime, and he was our first read. <laughs> and made a hell of a catch falling backwards. I mean, just great. Punt returners, he averages a first down every single punt return. He's guaranteed to make at least one, if not two, guys miss. He is just so safe and fearless. I love this kid. Aldrick Robinson, this was a huge... This is a huge problem with play calling. Aldrick Robinson led our team in targets. He had 12 targets. Now, I only caught three of those. Three catches for 52 yards. Both of them came pretty early. They were great plays. But Aldrick Robinson should never lead us in targets, ever. He is a supplemental player. Now, I understand Goodwin got hurt, and we'll talk about that later. But still, you have guys that you can get the ball, namely Pierre Garçon or Trent Taylor or even your tight end, which Greg Kittle dropped a wide-open ball that would have been huge and would have kept a drive going. But he has still looked very, very good. And again, our offensive line, great pass pro as always. It is it is absolutely crazy how much improved our pass protection is. Lakin Tomlinson was great. Fusco kind of gave up a couple rushes. Trent Taylor is always amazing. It's just they are put together as our offensive line is good enough to win playoff games. That's what's nuts. Who would have said that after last year? All right, let's jump over to the other side of the ball. Defense. Man, our defense played great, obviously. Uh, defensive MVP every time. It's going to be DeForest Buckner. He's absolutely exceptional. Uh, Pro Football Focus just put out his rating, and basically it's one of the top defensive ratings of anybody in the past three weeks. He's elite. He's beyond elite. So basically... PFF came out with ratings for so far in the NFL in the top three defensive linemen. And sure enough, DeForest Buckner is in the top three. The guy is absolutely all pro level elite already this early in his career. And it came through. He had four tackles. He had uh, two sacks. What's, I'm counting them two sacks. One of them is declared a tackle for a loss because it looked like the quarterback was pulling down the ball to run and progressing forward. I don't care. And John Chapman's book, that is two sacks. And he just, he shows up in all phases. Uh, batted a ball down on a huge third and four play. He chased um, Ellington seven yards downfield for a tackle. <laughs> uh, just crazy hustle and effort. He had an amazing swim move for a sack against a double team chip block. The guy is just absolutely elite. And everything starts with him. Our big concern for our defense is pass pressure. We are not getting to the quarterback. Well, we had six sacks tonight, and that is just, that's awesome. Uh, Jaquiski Tart played really, really well coming up. He shined really bright early in the first quarter, and then just kind of disappeared and didn't make any more flash-out plays. But he is a momentum type of player. You've got to keep that guy active, engaged, and just up. 
Because whenever he is not those things, he disappears. Solomon Thomas, by far his best game so far in the pros. Uh, five tackles, one set. Great effort. Uh, he tackled Larry Fitzgerald in the flats on a screenplay. Uh, he blitzed off the edge. And then it was a quick pass out, stopped, pivot, turned back, and went and chased him down. Again, man, we have some great – Solomon Thomas and DeForest Buckner are going to be around for a long time. Eric Armstead, I'm not sure. He has great effort, and he's a role player, but we don't need a role player there. We need a pass rush specialist, and he has not lived into that yet this year or last year. He can get pressure from the inside. But he, he's probably the biggest disappointment so far this year. And I say that, I, I'm not trying to like say he's a disappointment. I'm saying for a number 13 pick, a guy that we are counting on, a former first-round pick, he is not living up to the hype so far. Eli Harold got a sack. A beautiful speed rough up rush off the edge was just great. Even Ray Ray Armstrong, who I've knocked considerably, um, he had 10 tackles, a sack, and an interception. So hats off to that guy, and I would have put him up there with my MVP list, but he cannot cover a running back out of the backfield. He made Chris Johnson look like an all-pro. Chris Johnson got five first downs off receptions where he would just step up and act like he's pass pro and step uh, outlet out, almost like a basketball outlet pass, and he would just burn them to the edge every time. And they switched responsibilities late in the game. They put Bowman on him because Ray Ray just could not get close. He just couldn't get close. At least he brought some positives. And again, when Reuben Foster comes back, this defense will be improved tenfold because again, um, one of our greatest weaknesses will be turned into one of our strengths. Now Bowman looked better, way, way better. And we've had two great performances and two kind of rough performances. This one would be a great performance. He did great. Didn't, Really missed a lot of tackles. Did drop an easy interception that would have been huge. Later was converted to a field goal, but um, he played great. Dante Johnson, by far and away, our number one quarter. It, corner. It's not even close. And then we get to the other guy, Rashard Robinson. Oh, it's okay. Like, it's one thing if you're just bad at football, which he is. He's terrible at football. He has all the skill in the world, zero technique, zero training, zero discipline. But he'll talk shit after he gets beat. And so he got beat three times, and the plays were ruled out of bounds or so-and-so, so forth, and he gets up and brags. You just got beat. They just didn't make the play. Like, you did nothing. And he turned to the fans and was John Adam and all this stuff. And the next play, it was the entire offensive scheme to target this weak cornerback, Richard Robinson, and it worked. Uh, the game-winning touchdown, guess what? Yep, that's Richard Robinson's fault. We were in a cover-three system. And Larry Fitzgerald ran straight up between the seam, which means it's a half-and-half half ball between the single high safety ward and the boundary corner, who is Robinson. But they, uh, Carson Palmer looked him out, and he had a crossing route across the middle of the field, which pulls our safety over, which means it is uh, Richard Robinson's job to roll his coverage over. He showed up just too late, and it was a touchdown. Several pen penalties, pass interference, hands to the face, Pass interference, defensive holding. He is terrible. I really do hope we do not see him anymore. Um, now, we're going to have to because it's either him or Akilah Witherspoon, who was a healthy scratch uh, for the second week in a row. And so, Richard Robinson, the best thing about him is his run game support. 
Akilah Witherspoon, the best thing about him is his the way that he plays the ball, but the worst run defender in the history of the league. And I, I'll say that with confidence. He's that bad. If we could combine them, we'd be okay. But we have two glaring needs. Uh, one is Ray Ray Armstrong, which we're going to fix with Foster. And the other is this corner because teams are picking on this guy. Special teams? Hey, man, you got to give it up to Robbie Gold. Five for five field goals. Uh, we didn't have any turnovers. Everything was great. Trent Richardson was great in punt return. We had a couple penalties there, but nothing too bad. A couple other just random notes that stood out to me. Our third down conversion rate is pitiful. We were one for seven on third downs in the first half. That's awful. And then we were five for 19 uh, for the game for the third down conversions. You don't win like that. Also, they played the wonderful graphic to uh, insult us a little bit more. We have scored once. This year in four games in the first half. So that's one touchdown for eight quarters. That's pathetic. That is a franchise record in the history of the 49ers organization. That, that's got to go. Now, we did get a lot of hits on the QB, which was wonderful. But we've got to step up our game. And then, of course, lo and behold, I, I thought there was one point in the game where the Cardinals had more penalties than us. And I was like, yes, finally, another team will have more penalties than us. Nope. We blew that out of the water. Uh, 13 penalties for 113 yards. That's poor coaching and poor technique. Now, a lot of that has to do with Richard Robinson. But, oh, you cannot win football games when you're giving up an entire football field to penalties. And then some. we got to step that up. Few injuries. Marquise Goodwin was kind of the major one. Um, he had a concussion and an eye injury and didn't come back. So hopefully he's going to be okay. Rashard Robinson, he took a knee. His right knee was kind of messed up. Unfortunately, it wasn't a big injury and he came back, which was sneak. I don't want him to get injured. I shouldn't say that. But whenever he left the game, I was pretty happy. Uh, Daniel Kilgore had some hip work on the side. He came back and Brian Hoyer got rolled up on his leg. It looked terrible. Uh, so we got to see one play of uh, C.J. Bethard, which was really, really cool. And I was hoping Bethard would stay in there, but uh, we just saw the one handoff, and it was over. Now, next week we have a very winnable game. We are playing at Indianapolis, and it's an early morning, early Sunday morning game. So it's not going to be on many televised system unless you're in the Bay Area. So make sure you, you plan accordingly to see it. I doubt you're going to have a lot more coverage, national coverage, for the 49ers being 0-4 which is rough. But good news, uh, you know, it helps our draft position, which I never am a person that supports losing to help the draft. But we are a real rebuilding team, and we got to have something positive to focus on. So just understand that quarterback, all that stuff, we'll see what happens there. Um, so next week we got the Colts, very winnable game. Um, they are 1-2 and two right now. They're playing the Seahawks right now as I speak. I think they're winning at halftime, um, but we'll see what happens there. So stay strong, faithful, and don't forget to hit subscribe subscribe button for iTunes. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, we're on everything. YouTube, it's all out there. So if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that and hit me up on Twitter if you have any questions. JL underscore Chapman. Again, that's JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. Stay strong, faithful. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.